Welcome back to the Cardinals Cast podcast. Today I'll be joined once again by my co-host, Javier Waslock, and we'll discuss some of the things that happened with the Cardinals this week. So, you watched the game last night, right? Or part of it? I did. I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch all of it because I was doing some other stuff at church, but I watched like the last uh, few innings. Like, I definitely saw the last freaking double play. That was sick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a big fan of that. Tommy Edmund smothered that well, threw it over. And it was nice because, like, a lot of the young guys were like, let's freaking go. But then you have, like, Goldie, who's, like, been there forever. He's like, yeah, that's normal. It's normal. He's yeah. like just cool as a cucumber. Like he usually is, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, and we got that uh, nice double from Yepes. He's balling right now. He's, he's kind of balling. I mean... He is feeling himself at the play. He knows the strike zone well. And when he's seeing a ball that he can put good contact on, he's taking a swing, and yeah. it's working out for him. He's putting the ball in play. I mean, he hasn't hit a home run yet, but like I said in the last um, last episode we recorded, I don't care about home runs. He's doing what he needs to do. He can keep getting into scoring position by getting doubles over and over and over again. We're going to score him a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, so the... Cardinals have taken the first two in the Giants series. Um, yeah, the game tonight. We have a game. Actually, right now, basically. Right now, yeah, it just started. Um, last night, maybe, was it? No, not last night. Two nights ago. Uh, Yachty hit a home run. Is that correct? Yeah, it was the first game of the series. Yeah, the first game. Uh, he had a home run. And that tied him for ninth in Cardinals history, I think. I think I think you're right. He broke he broke something. Yeah. He broke some record again. So congratulations to him. Um, it was it was kind of a low number actually. Like it was like 130 home runs or something. You yeah, know? but I think it was like in like French for like franchise history or something like that, right? Okay. Because when you really, I think, I think it was something like that. And when you think about it, it, it is very rare to see what we have with Wayno and Yachty, where they're staying with one organization for basically their for, for their entire career for this long. Like you've seen it for other things, um, and like some like big key players on a certain team for like the first few. I mean, even Ozzie Smith played for the Padres for a little bit before he came to the Cardinals. And then he became just a Cardinals staple because he stayed for a long time. But, I mean, Wayno, I think, was what? With the Braves before we got him? Or yeah, he was in the like with, Braves organization. Yeah, but with Yachty, like, we literally drafted the guy. So, like, yeah. he's been a Cardinal his entire career for since, what, was called up in 2004? That, yeah, that sounds right. Which is which is. That's the crazy thing. Like, you've had people who can be, like, staples or whatever, and even people who were drafted by your team and stay in your organization for their whole career, but the fact that his career has lasted for 18 years, I think this is 18th season or 19th season. It's a big number. Yeah. It's, it's close to 20. But, like, 
That that's crazy. And so honestly, I'm not surprised that some of the numbers are kind of low. But I mean, this year for sure, like basically, whenever we're having like Kisner being a backup catcher, he's doing actually really well too lately. He's been doing fantastic, and he's kind of picking up the slack, so he should be pretty good for next season when Yachty's done. But, you know, whenever Wainwright is pitching, they're going to have Yachty behind the plate because they are going to break that all-time, like, battery-made record. What is it, 320? I think they need 321 to break the record of the most um, starts as battery mates. And they did it for, you know, and for, for the one franchise. Yeah. For one entire thing, which is crazy. So, I mean, and with Pujols being back, yeah, it's a big, very, very big historic season for the Cardinals for a lot of different reasons, which is nice to see. It's nice to watch. It's entertaining. Yeah, it is. Uh, the only problem with uh, that battery mate record is now Wayno has COVID, so he might miss his start on Tuesday. Um, yeah. And also Sosa, I think it's COVID too. Sosa has, I think, had COVID in the past week, or, or he was like he got on like the IL or whatever yeah. because of COVID, like a week ago or like five days ago or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope it's just a few isolated events and it's not too terrible. Um, but I mean, who, who else have we got? I mean, I, Tyler O'Neill has obviously, you know. I think he's still batting below 200 at the moment, maybe. Uh, or maybe he's just above. I don't know. O'Neal. Yeah, Tyler O'Neal. I don't know what his average is at the moment. I know his, it wasn't amazing. At his the average time. is 204. Yeah, so he's like just above. And, I mean, you look beforehand and he was batting like in the 170s and 180s. But these past, like the past... I wouldn't say weak, but it's really just the past few games. He's really like he's starting to uh, be better at the plate. He's hitting he's hitting the balls and play more in key spots, runners in scoring position, and getting on base. Um, which you know, I can I did expect him to like eventually find his groove, and so I think this is the start of him finding his groove. And I think um, that home run that he hit is going to be, I think, a big deal. I think that's kind of a little bit of the spark he needed, that he's going to start seeing the ball out of the hand better, hit better base hits, and eventually start doing what he did in September of last year, where he's, like, getting on base, getting to second, and then every now and again he's going to be dangerous because he can just crank one out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, his – I'm looking at Fangrass here, and his strikeout K percentage is at 28%, really high. Yeah, it's pretty big. But even Dylan Carlson was basically almost the exact same story. He was batting in like the 180s. And now he got his average again above 200 with 209 these past few games because he's starting to hit well too. Um, so with them doing well, that's that's big. And then Tommy Edmond has just been rocking it at, the, at both sides, defensively and offensively. He's making plays. Um, but he's also hitting the ball. I mean, he's just hitting the ball. I mean, he's scoring people left and right. He's getting his RBI count up. His OPS is insane. Yeah. Um, he's batting three twenty two right now. You know? Yeah. He's, so that, he's, doing, he's doing fantastic. Yeah. I would say that's second on the team, but uh, technically it's not. Uh, 
It looks like Yepes is batting 455, but he's only had a few plate appearances. So yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a stacked number, but he's still. I mean, he's still batting really well in the first few appearances that he had. Yeah, which is fantastic. So Arnado looks like he's he's uh, doing pretty well. I'm pretty sure. He's at uh, 344. Uh, Edmonds at 322. So they're both yeah. batting very well, which is, is nice because last year Edmund honestly didn't have a good year at the plate. So yeah, he was kind of in a slump the entire time. But it's I nice think to see one the bounce of the big back. Things he was working on in the offseason was his um, at bats, especially from the left side of the plate, since most of the time that's what he's doing, being a switch hitter. He's batting from the left. Yeah. Um, so I think he did a lot of time doing that. And Bader, even though he's only batting 224, the past few games, or like the past, I think, five or six, he's been coming up clutch in spots. Yeah. Like he's hitting balls. Um, I don't know. I think it was Dylan Carlson last night in the ninth that scored the RBI. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a tweet that um, Flaherty had his bullpen today. Um, said he, oh, okay. he threw mostly fastballs, but towards the end, he started throwing some breaking stuff. So that's good. That's nice. When he's – I mean, he's a good pitcher. When he's healthy, he can pitch really well. Yeah. It's just, I mean, he's just, he, he can't really stay healthy. It's just, he has a little bit of a difficult time staying healthy that well. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, it looked like for the game today, Tommy Edmund got a walk and then um, he stole second and then Arenado singled him in, which is nice. That's another thing. Uh, I think, are we leading the league in steals? Um, I think we are. I, don't, I mean, we've been stealing a lot and getting guys in scoring position. Tommy Edmund is second in the all-time, like, just uh, player um, stealing list. Um, organization. Oh, yeah, we're leading the league. We're at 25 stolen bases by a lot. We're leading the league. Okay. Because the Angels are the closest with 17, and we're at tw- or The Rays are the closest with 19, and we're at 25, so we're a whole... You know, six bases ahead of that. So yeah, we are stealing bases left and right, which is fantastic. I love to see. It. I love stealing bases. Yeah, stolen bases are fun, uh, and we um, got a lot of speed. So yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. I think we want to have. I think overall, well, maybe not overall. We're definitely top top ten at the very least of like overall sprint speed. Yeah. Of what we got because O'Neill's quick, Bader's pretty quick, Tommy Edmonds really quick. Um. Yeah, Carlson's Bader. not slow. I don't know how. I don't know if Carlson's considered like a speedster or anything, but yeah, he's not. Bad. You know, you know um, who's like slow and no one really talks about it is Nolan Arenado. Like he does not steal bases. He he's not that quick, honestly. No, uh, he's not the fastest guy on the planet. <laughs> but if he keeps hitting like he does, you don't need to be that quick to get a double if you're hitting it to the you know. The warning track every single time, or what yeah. he's doing when he's just hitting home runs, he just you can take your he can take your time around the bases when you do that. Yeah. Something I saw um, on a post from John Boy 
um, was that um, during this uh, series with the Giants and for the next um, few series, the next two series we have, we have like 14 consecutive games where we're playing teams with orange logos because we have the Giants for this four-game series and we have the Orioles for a three-game series and then I think the Mets after that for another four-game series or something like that. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the Baltimore Orioles Cardinals because we're hosting the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And I like the Baltimore Orioles for the reason that um, from like 1901 to 1953, they were the St. Louis Browns. Yeah. Which were the American League team. So basically, for the Orioles series, kind of, at least the way I'm going to think about it, is a, you know, especially being back in Bush Stadium, the St. Louis Browns versus St. Louis Cardinals game, basically. Yeah. I'm hoping, I hope they do something about it, or at least mention something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like cool. we finish up the Giants series, Orioles, Giants again, Mets, and then we have... Oh, yeah, we do host the Giants at the Bush for a little bit. Okay. And then Pirates to break the orange logo streak. Yeah, we go from orange to yellow, which is uh, sort of similar, kind of. I don't know how the color spectrum works, actually. I don't know how close they are. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know what else you wanted to talk about. We could talk about uh, Nolan, Nolan Gorman. Seems to seems to be hitting well in the minors, and and I I just I don't really understand why we're not calling him up. And yeah, I was the other day talking with some of my friends about it, um, about how he's not been called up because I've mentioned before that I'm not a Dickerson fan per se. I yeah. think it was kind of a waste considering we have Gorman because I knew we wanted Dickerson for like a lefty DH, but Gorman's a left. And considering what he's doing in the minor leagues, I think he would be a much better asset as a DH than Dickerson at the moment. Dickerson has had his moments. He's been doing really well. He's like he's putting he's scoring runs. Like he has a decent amount of RBIs, but he doesn't really get on base that much. A lot of those RBIs are him still getting out. You know? Yeah. Like whether it was like a sack fly or you know a fielder's choice, which obviously. RBIs are more important than the outs, but I would still like to have a guy on base, and Gorman's been doing fantastic. The only reason I would think that we've called up, you know, like Brendan Donovan, uh, Yepes before Gorman, yeah. just for the sake of, he's, you know, he is kind of like our guy, like he's our, like one of our best prospects. And being that he is 21 years old, I feel like there's that fear of, like, if we do bring him up right now and he isn't mentally ready for it yet, that we might break him, which would, you know, kind of, like, make give him, like, the yips, sort of, kind of like with Rick Gankiel, basically. And so I feel like we're trying not to do that. But with what he's doing in AAA, and at least from what I've seen when he's been talking about being in AAA and having that potential to be called up, I think he's in a good spot mentally. And it's just that whole risk factor of when is the right time. Um, because at the moment, it's not like we're necessarily in insane need, considering that we do have Dickerson, you know, scoring RBIs and all that. But I think if we did call him up, it would just boost our lineup exponentially. 
exponentially because he would be another if he can kind of contribute what he's been doing in AAA to the majors. He could be another one of the guys in our lineup that's hard to face. Yeah, the only the only reason I say that I I like I really want him to be called up is because I think that Deion needs to. I think he he should be honestly sent down a Triple A to work on uh, his batting. Play discipline or whatever. Well, uh, he just hasn't been hitting. That's been the story for three years, basically, with Deion, and I was hoping that with this off season, with his new stance and. Uh, his new hitting coach, he was going to figure it out, and maybe he will. Uh, he just still hasn't at the moment. Obviously, defensively, he's been doing really well. Um, but I think Foreman was a third baseman, and I think right now he's playing second base. Yeah. Would you think that he would adjust well to two and shortstop, like right away for the Patriots or whatever? Do you think that's why we're not bringing him up? Because we would really only put him at short? Well, do you think he'd be able to do that well? I. I think he would still play second, and then you put Edmund at uh, Edmund at short. Edmund yeah, at short. Yeah, that's actually smart. Yeah. Because Edmund played short in college, and he actually played short when we still had Colton Wong too. Yeah, so he he knows the position, and yeah, I do, I do, I do like that. I think that would work. I would hope, and this is my hope, that by the end of May. Nolan Gorman has gotten his first major league hit. Being that he either gets called up within the next two weeks and he gets a chance, or he gets called up at the very end of May and he just and he just hits his first hit in one of the few games that he gets called up with. But I hope that before I hope before like May's over, like before school's out, pretty much, that Gorman is in the majors. Yeah. I, I I don't know because I don't I don't think there would be that much pressure on him to be really good uh, super quickly because we already got some studs on a team. He could just yeah, yeah, that's the play thing. a minor role. To have that like that pressure of like oh, I gotta I gotta be the guy. Yeah. Because we have like five other guys that are already the guys and so if he just comes up and just keeps doing what he's doing he can be another guy because they're all just going to be working together as guys and we're going to have like six guys and it makes our lineup so hard like our middle the middle of our lineup is kind of crazy especially if Tyler O'Neill can start getting in the groove which he's kind of been doing for the past few games if you have um, you know Tommy Edmund who's doing fantastic at getting on base and getting in scoring position and then you have Goldie coming up, and then right after Goldie, you have to face Arenado. And if there's like a lefty on the bump, and we have Pujols DHing, you have to face Pujols again. And then you have to face, you know, Tyler O'Neill, and then Nolan Gorman. Like, even if Gorman's lower, and like, that's crazy. That's like six guys back to back to back to back to back that could like are really potentially very very dangerous. Yeah, that would be that would be a crazy lineup.
Then we have Yachty. Young. And then, well, Young, Young would end this. Would probably be gone, honestly. Oh right, Young would probably be gone. So we have. We would probably have. So Yachty, and then who'd be our ninth guy? Who am I missing? I'm missing a guy. Are you? I got uh, Carlson. Did I say Carlson? I think he did. I think we got everybody. Oh Bader, maybe. The last three would be like Carlson, Bader, and Yachty, or whatever, in no particular order. But like that middle part is freaking crazy. If we have that. Yeah. Something I did like that I saw about the game is, um, uh, first of all, I'm really, I'm really liking Ali Marmol. He's been doing fantastic, and I'm not, I don't ever want to, um, you know, necessarily bash on Schultz because he did fantastic. He was a winning manager when he was with us, and he did get us to the postseason pretty consistently, other than I think one year. Um, but it's for, for at least for me. He didn't really react to that many things. Like, if we did get a big win like that, he wasn't necessarily, like, like, he didn't look like he was happy just because of who he was. He was a very calm, demeanor guy. Um, but in, when we won this game with that ninth inning um, go-ahead run, and then we closed it out, it clipped to Ollie, and he, like, slammed his hand on the, you know, the dugout fence, and he was like, yeah! He was like, let's go! Like, he yeah. Got, I like seeing that emotion. I like seeing emotion from the manager because I think that can feed off well with the players. Because if the manager is in it and he's like, he's there, and they see he's like emotionally invested, they kind of I feel like feed off of that energy as well, along with the energy of the other people playing and can do better. So I like seeing the emotion from Ollie going, "Let's go!" Because that was big. That was a big win. Yeah, we were up, and then they tied it, and then it was the ninth inning. We only had one run lead, which is not big at all, easily can change with one swing of the bat. Yeah. Um, and especially since they had the winning run at the plate, and then we got that double play to end it, and he was like, man, I like seeing the motion. I thought it was good. Yeah. And also in that game, I like the start from Jordan Hicks. Yeah. He, he was every now, like he was throwing some pitches. And it was moving, and I'm like, dude, I can't even make a whipple ball do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he was, that, like, that was crazy. He was thrown pretty fast. I mean, he had 4.1 innings uh, and only three hits. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he, I mean, we've been trying to continuously mold him to be kind of a starter guy. And last night he showed that he could do that pretty well. Um, and so I think if he continues to do this well throughout the season, obviously he only went four innings because we don't want to like, we're still building him to that point, but I think at some point he could end up going for five innings, getting the win for games. Um, maybe he does throw really hard, so he's probably not going to go for more than I'd say seven would probably be his absolute max. Um, like, I'm like, unless he's like, only like if he's like less than ten pitches per inning every inning, I feel like maybe he could go eight, but I don't necessarily see him going for a complete game ever. Just for the sake of he is throwing really hard, and you don't want to kill his arm. So I think after maybe six innings, we would take him out and then do a bullpen from that point. But I think if he continues on this track, it's looking pretty good that he could be 
another guy that we can start with. Because our bullpen is pretty good. I mean, Cabrera is not bad. Um, yeah, Helsley is looking very good. Helsley was fantastic, yeah. And then yesterday, um, Giovanni Gallegos showed again that he's a good closer. I mean, he, I, he blew the save the one time against the Mets. But that was it. I think that's his only blown save this entire season so far. I think every other time he's come in, he shut it down. He was good. Yeah. So he's showing that he can still do he can still do the business. Alright. Um I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about. I mean Not really. We're I mean, about I'm it. excited for the St. Louis Browns, St. Louis Cardinals game again, which is the Orioles, but yeah. that's kinda of my one little fun thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh I like it. Jeez, what happened? I was about to say, yeah, after this, I'm going to be watching the game because it's 4-1. What happened? Oh, my goodness. Somebody hit a grand, yeah, grand slam. Oh, my gosh. Dang, bro. I feel, I don't know. I feel like, like, Stephen Matz sometimes does really well, and then other times he gives up a lot of runs. I think, I don't know, I think we knew that he might give up a lot of runs already, and we just are hoping that the offense, I feel like we can come back from this. 4-1. It's only, it's only the first inning. I feel yeah. like we can easily come back from this. There's plenty of innings left for play. I mean, Fangrass has him uh, on the pitching stats leaders. He has the most Fangrass war. Um, Stephen Matz? Stephen Matz does, yeah. Followed by Michaelis. Wow. I mean, he's been doing well. Um, it's just, you know, every now and again... Things happen, which is fine. We get it, you know. Yeah. It's okay, but yeah, I mean, four to one, three runs. We've shown that three runs is not a problem, really, if we're hitting well, considering that we've scored like eight runs, seven runs, ten runs in like multiple different games this season. So we have lots of baseball to play that we could catch up for this game tonight and take the series because, you know, we right now, We've only had two of the four, so if we win today and we win the series, that'll that'll be, that'll be big. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and make sure to join in next week for another episode of the Cardinals Cast Podcast.